Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. If you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to be in Acts chapter 19 this morning, and uh, we're starting a brand new series titled, Here Comes the Holy Ghost. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is uh, is an incredible day. It marks 50 days after Passover. Pentecost simply means 50 50th, it's the 50th day following Passover. And so we are 50 days from Easter. This is, we have more people in the room right now than we did on Easter Sunday. It's hard to believe. Crazy, crazy times we've lived in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, smiling and waving from a distance. I'm very grateful to at least have some bodies in the room hearing some Bible pages turning. And to those that are watching online, you hopefully aren't getting any less of an experience. We want to make sure that. Uh, we give everyone a chance to experience life change through Christ, whether those that are continue to stay at home or those that are in person. Uh, there is no one that is more spiritual than the other. I want to make sure that I clarify that. Uh, we're trying our best that you don't experience any FOMO, fear of missing out. We want to make sure that you as well get an encounter with God. And as we continue to navigate through what it looks like, I want to thank you for your patience. We're trying to figure this whole thing out, and it's weird. And that's okay because... Uh, the early church also experienced uh, struggle trying to figure out how to do what they were going to do. Acts chapter 19, if you have a copy of God's Word, Acts chapter 19, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verses 1 and 2 are our foundational verse, and then we will go from there. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Here's what he asked them, verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. And verse 2, right here, part B, is where I would want to land today. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Here he asked him, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they say, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What a tragedy to have met the, the, the grace and the salvation of Jesus Christ, but to not know His Spirit baptism, to not have encountered the Spirit of God. What I don't want for you to ever live through is a life where you experience the grace of God without the power of His resurrection. I don't want you to just have salvation on the forefront of your heart that gets you to heaven, but instead I want you to encounter the power that gets you through Walmart, that gets you through Costco. I believe that salvation is is, is something separate from spirit baptism. And, And as a matter of fact, there are three things that I believe God expresses himself in. Number one is God the Father. You can write this down. He loves you. God the Father, he loves me. You can write that down. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anybody. You don't have to have, have said anything or done anything in particular. God the Father loves me. God the Son, He saves me. That's Jesus Christ. That's upon, that's the name above every name. He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross. God the Father, He loves me. What was He willing to do to pay for you? He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. God the Son, He saved you. So if God loves me and Jesus saves me, 
God the Holy Spirit is with me. So if God the Father loves me and God the Son saves me, then God the Spirit is with me. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. He is our great advocate. He is our comforter. He is our friend. I don't know where you came from today. I don't know what you came in need of today. But chances are everything you need can be found in the Holy Spirit. Everything you need can be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything you need can come from the Father who loves you. I believe this, that if you came here today, you didn't come here because you needed a sermon. You didn't come here because you needed a church service. You didn't come here because you wanted to see some white boy in a jean jacket try to preach the word. What you came here today is you came here today in need of an encounter with a real and living God. You came here in need of an encounter with a God that loves you, with a son that saved you, and a spirit that is with you. I came to declare to the 40 people in this room and the 400 people outside of this room that God has been good and the reason you are here is because he's never failed you he's never left you and I would hate for you to only have a partial expression of God I don't know what kind of church you grew up in but maybe you grew up in a church that had a partial expression of God they talked about Jesus but they never talked about the love of the father Or maybe they talked about the love of the Father, but they never talked about the saving grace of Jesus. Or maybe they talked about Jesus and the Father, but the Holy Spirit was reserved for Sunday nights. You know, the Holy Spirit was reserved for revival when the preacher came down from the mountain. I don't know what you grew up in, but I grew up in a spirit-filled, Pentecostal, charismatic movement where, I mean, we prayed in our, over our McDonald's in tongues. That's the kind of, I mean, that's the kind of Pentecostal movement I grew up in. I mean, if anything, to, to, our, to our, you know, you know, the way that we looked at it is it was like Holy Spirit and then the other two. Sometimes you can get it in, in, the, in the reverse order as well. You have to be careful because every, every figure has its function and God has three persons and the God the Father loves you and God the Son saves you and God the Spirit is with you. Well, what is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is defined in the Greek as the word pneuma. Pneuma. It starts with uh, a P. P P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. Which is similar to the word ruach, which is also kind of, they can be used both times in scriptures, but pneuma is to breathe or to blow. Primarily denotes the wind. Almost like it's wind in your sails. The breath of God, the pneuma of God. I've taught this before, but I'm just recapping for those who might not have been here. God's spirit is meant to fill you with, with the movement of his spirit. It's meant to take you somewhere where God desires for you to go. The Greek word pneuma is where we get pneumonia there's a lot to talk about bilateral pneumonia is what the cause of death is for anyone that passes away from COVID-19 it actually is technically bilateral pneumonia is what a lot of people had if you had pre-existing pneumonia and you get COVID-19 a lot of people pass away from it because they had pre-existing lung conditions they they have lung issues I love that God's lungs have no issues and that the Spirit of God can breathe on us today. He can provide wind in our sails. So if 
The Spirit of God is the wind of God or the breath of God. How do we catch the wind of God? How do we take in? How are we immersed in? How do we become baptized in the Spirit of God? Don't you want that? Like, I don't know about you, but I want to be led and directed by the wind of God. If there was anything that I was going to judge my life on, if there was anything I was going to get direction from, it would be the Spirit of God. That's what I want from, from my life, is I want my life to be led by the Spirit of God. If there was anything that's going to move me or shape me or mold me, I want to know that it's the Spirit of God in this church and the Spirit of God in my That's why I got off social media. I'm taking 100 days off of social media. Why? Because I noticed that the wind in my sails was, was the news. The wind, in the, the wind in my sails was my Facebook feed. The wind in my sails were things that did not line up with the Word of God. And I was allowing what other people said and what other people did to dictate where I went and what I was doing. But I need to get back to the pneuma, to the Spirit of God, to the wind of God, to the breath of God. Because I want to make sure that wherever the wind is blowing in my sails, it is taking me in the right direction. I don't know about you, but it's been hard sometimes in quarantine and being isolated in a way to allow the wind of God, the breath of God. You ever had a car without air conditioning? Oh, you just hope that that light stays green. You just hope that the light stays green. Please, Lord, let that light stay green. If I have to stop, I'm going to die of sweat. I'm going to die of heat stroke. If you ever had a car without you know, anybody had a car without air conditioning before? All y'all rich, man. I had a car without air conditioning, man. I'd roll down the window. Pray that, I, pray that that light wouldn't turn red. You know, in the summertime, I would just not leave. I would just not go out. No, I won't meet you there. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have air conditioning, you know? There's this section uh, of the ocean around the equator called the doldrums. And if you are sailing in a sailboat and you get caught in what's called a doldrum... Your boat literally can no longer move because the wind ceases to exist in this channel, in this area. It, this is what it says. I'll read you the, the sailing terms. It, it says, known as sailors around the world as the doldrums, it's a belt around the earth extending approximately five degrees north and south of the equator. Here, the prevailing trade winds of the northern hemisphere blow to the southwest and collide with the southern hemisphere, driving the northwest uh, trade winds. Due to intense solar heating near the equator, the warm, moist air is forced up into the atmosphere like a hot air balloon. As the air rises, it cools, causing persistent bands of showers and storms around the Earth's midsection. Even the Earth has a midsection. The, the, that was funnier than you guys are giving me credit for. The rising air mass finally subsides, and it's known as the horse latitudes, where the air moves downward towards the Earth's surface. Because the air circulates in an upward direction, there's often little surface winds. That's why sailors well-known in the area can be, can be calm sailing ships for weeks. For weeks, they have no direction because there's no wind. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in spiritual doldrums. 
I don't want to live in a place in my life where the breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God is not blowing my life in the right direction. And some of you during this quarantine, those of you watching online or those of you in here, what, what we're doing today is we're just beginning to set sail again. What we're beginning is we're, we're, we're you know what, you know what, during this quarantine, I really didn't hear from God as much as I, I, I should have. I really haven't been close to God like I should have. The, the sails, the, the, the wind in my sails has been manipulated by the wrong source. But as of today, Pentecost Sunday in Acts chapter 2, it came like a mighty windstorm. And as of today, we are going to now allow the wind of God, the breath of God to blow a fresh breath of air into our life, into our our church, into our children, into our future, into our job. The direction of our life must be dictated by the wind. And I don't want to get stuck in the doldrums. I don't want to get stuck in the doldrums. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 through 7. It says, I remember your genuine faith that you share, the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It takes wind to fan into flame the gift of God. You feel rusty. You feel out of practice. You feel really weird coming into church all spread out and six feet apart. And it's strange. You have to fan into flame the gift of God. You just need the breath of God in your life. You need a breath of fresh air from the Holy Spirit today. You need the breath. I need a breath of fresh Do you not need a breath of fresh air like, doesn't it feel good? I mean, I know that the air conditioning is like the wind of God in this building right now. It's working, praise God. It just hasn't been working for a couple months, so we just figured we'd make up for lost time and freeze everyone out of here. For those of you watching in the comfort of your home in your pajamas, all these people are freezing now. I'm going to have a frostbite prayer service at the end of this service for all of your fingers and toes that are falling off and turning black. I've lost feeling. Here are three facts about wind, and I'll be quiet. Number one is wind is unseen. If you need proof, the proof is in the wind of God, but sometimes it's the unseen presence of God. God has been moving during this quarantine, even though you haven't been able to see it. The wind is unseen. It's unseen, but it is felt. It's unseen, but it is felt. John 14 says, I ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be with you. The last thing that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit is that some people won't be able to see him. That doesn't mean you can't feel him, though doesn't mean you can't feel him. His job is to help you. This is the unseen nature of God. There are things that you can't see that God is working on your behalf. There are things that God is doing that you cannot see right now. His spirit is moving. His spirit is beginning to to move us into revival. I believe that what will happen tonight back here on Destiny Drive and what is going to happen in the weeks to come is going to be a powerful display of an unseen God that begins to blow the winds of revival through the city. That begins to blow the winds of revival. The, the next thing is this, is wind is unpredictable. 
Have you ever seen a windsock at the airport? It's like a little tube. It looks like a cone made out of fabric. And the reason that it's there is because they cannot just go on what the wind was yesterday. They have to know what the wind is doing right now. Hello? The reason that aviation control and the air traffic control says look at the windsock to know the direction because they need to be able to make decisions in real time as to how the planes should land. So we can't base our our current trajectory as a church off of the wind from yesterday because the wind might have blown in a certain way at Brownsville. It might have blown a certain way in Toronto. It might have blown a certain way in Lakeland. It might have used to blow a certain way at this church or that church or my old church. The wind blew this way, but we have to be in real time connection with the Holy Spirit to know what the wind is doing for this church right now. We got to know that God is unpredictable sometimes and he's going to do things that are weird like what we're doing currently, we never knew. If you would have told me what we've had to go through over the past two months, I would not have believed you. But here's what it says in John 3. I should have maybe believed you. It says the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. He's unpredictable. Thank God for his unpredictability. Thank God that we don't know what to expect. Thank God that he can do something that's never been done before. Thank God that he can meet you in your car, that he can meet you at your house, that he can meet you in this room, that he can meet you on a field, that he can meet you anywhere. Thank God for his unpredictability because if he was predictable, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't follow him. You don't follow the predicting stuff. You love the breaking news, the unpredictable news. We, but I came to give you the good news. Mm, don't get me started on the news. It's not about the news. The next thing is this, is that wind is uplifting. There's something that happens when wind comes into the picture. It lifts you up. It, it takes you to another place. Have you ever been so down in the dumps, but you got a breath of fresh air from either a conversation with the Lord or a conversation with a fellow believer or someone encouraged you while you were down in the, in the doldrums? And, and, and what happens is, is you begin to be uplifted. Your spirit is uplifted. I pray that today would be uplifting for you. It might not have been the best Sunday we've had on record at Focus Church, but I want to let you know today that God is doing something and I know this, that wind will always find a way. Batten down the hatches. Plywood the windows. If you have a little gap, you ever felt that gap? We have a gap right now in the drywall above our kitchen sink. And every time the wind blows against our kitchen sink, I can feel the cool air coming through that. Why? Because wind will always find a way. And God's going to find a way into your life today. God's going to find a way. You might have a hardened heart, but the wind will find a way. You might have a broken relationship, but the wind will find a way. Your kids might be far from God right now, but the wind will find a way. You might feel like this is really awkward being in church at this, at kind of like this, but the wind will find a way. What I know about God is that God will always find a way to, to, get, to get to where you are, and he will rescue you from whatever pit that you are in. Those of you watching online, the wind is going to find a way right now to your house. Right now, wherever you are, the wind of God, the breath of God will find a way wherever you are. I'm so grateful for a God that does not stop and wait for me to come to him, but instead he he will send the wind so the wind can find a way. 
You could try to batten down the hatches. You can try your best to block out all the windows and try to keep yourself secure. But a strong wind of the Spirit will always find its way. Some of you feel like you haven't heard from God in a long time. Man, I get it. It's been tough. It's been tough not to just sulk in the depression of not being able to eat at my favorite restaurant. It's been tough to watch this room empty every single Sunday. I feel weird. It feels weird now to have people in it. Now I'm like, okay, oh, hi there. Oh, my name's Mike. Oh, you know? But the wind will always find a way. The wind will always find a way. The Spirit of God will always find a way. In Acts chapter 2, they're waiting for Christ to show up, for the Holy Spirit to come. They're in the upper room, and it says it came like a mighty windstorm, like a rushing, mighty wind. The wind will always find a way. The wind will always find a way. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and hey, while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.